Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Jesus, 
We are going to talk about fear. Now, you may be saying, Preacher, didn't you just preach about fear three or four weeks ago? I certainly did. I did preach about it. But I'm not really talking about the type of fear that I talked about three or four weeks ago when we had all these cards on the stage and the word fear spelled out, suspended from the screen in the air, that was fear over things or over situations or maybe even over the times we're living in or fear of news that you know of or fear of something that's not the kind of fear that I'm preaching to you about today. And this is why I want you to listen as close as you've ever listened to anything I've ever preached in 20, 30 years. I want you to listen today because I'm telling everybody that God ordained 
your presence in this building right now. He did it. In fact, if you could see in, in, in the heavens where the enemy works, spiritual wickedness in high places, probably what all went down to keep you out of here today. Some of you might even have some stories already how you had to fight through just things this morning to even get here today. I know that I bragged this week to somebody about not even needing to set the alarm on my phone because I'm just wired to get, I always set it as a backup on Sunday for 5 a.m., but I always beat it, always beat it. But this morning, I want you to know that joker had to wake me up. I don't even remember any day of the week when that's happened, but this morning, and I've already spilled my heart and told my wife, I said, man, I don't know what it, I said, because I did things yesterday, but I didn't do strenuous things. I don't know why. So you might have a situation to say, man, I had to fight to get here today. And so I know that God has you here, and so I want you to make sure whatever happens, we've already prayed over any spirit, Lord, any spirit at all that might be in this place in somebody, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You have to leave, go to the abyss. You're not welcome here. Any kind of distraction or anything that would just distract you. So I want you to listen because this fear today that we're talking about is a fear that you may say, well, I don't ever have to worry about that kind of fear. You're the person the Lord's talking to today. I'm talking to you. I can, I can almost see every face in this church. And I don't think that's a mistake today. So get it in your heart right now before I read anything that you are who the Lord is talking to today. In fact, you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to say it. Like that, the Lord is talking to me today. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to tell yourself, you're going to even do it for the devil. You're going to say, well, I don't have to worry about that kind of fear. And so we're going to deal with that. And so we're going to start by talking about this fear in the sense that, that you are used to, okay? And then we're going we're gonna to switch gears, all right? And I'll have to move a little bit, guys, today, so just whatever you can do to get this in there is fine, but people can still hear me. The fear that you are used to, can everybody hear me, by the way? Hallelujah. The fear that you are accustomed to is fear when something brings on fear, whether it's news or whether it's a situation or maybe you were afraid of the storm yesterday and you may have thought this or felt this way and said, you know what, man, oh, when I heard about those storms, I just got a knot in my stomach. Anybody ever said that before over something? Could have been a doctor's visit. It could have been a phone call. Could have been something you witnessed with your eyes. I just got a knot. In fact, I got a fear knot in my stomach, 
It might have been about your children. Man, I just got this fear not. Uh, in fact, I want you to see the word fear not, and then we're going to look at this slide right here, okay? We're going to talk about So I want everybody to get a mental picture of this word right here, not, not. That not, that fear, not that's in, in your stomach because of a situation, a person, uh, or an event. It caused you to have a fear, all right? Now, when you, when you look up the meaning of the slide that you just saw, if you were to type in the words in a search, uh, not in my stomach. I did this and wanted to see what would happen, and so I said, I said we're, going to, we're going to share this with everybody. Well, you get all these descriptions, you know, that populate from the search engine, not in my stomach meaning, not in my stomach anxiety, not in my stomach area, not in my stomach expression, not in stomach, not in stomach feeling, feels like a knot in my stomach. And not in stomach anxiety. And you know, that, that appeared two times in that little list when I searched that phrase, anxiety. And so I wanted, I know you know what it means, but I wanted you to see the Wikipedia definition. There's no Greek, no Hebrew, no, no this is the Wikipedia definition of anxiety. So here we go. Anxiety is an emotion which is characterized by unpleasant state of inner turmoil and includes feelings of dread over anticipated events. Anxiety is different than fear in that the former, talking about anxiety, is defined as anticipation of a future threat, whereas the latter... Fear is defined as the emotional response to a real threat. Okay, if I tell you, so let me give you an example of that definition right there. If I'm walking around and about 15 feet away from me, I hear, and I see, a rattlesnake. That uh, that is not anxiety. Okay. Hey, it's not anticipated that I could see a rattlesnake. Hey, that's real live, one hundred percent genuine fear. That dude's right there, fifteen feet away from me. I'm scared. All right. That's not an anticipated event. That's not turmoil over something that might happen later down the road. No, it's happening right now, and I'm scared. That's fear. That's what fear is. Fear is that right there. Anxiety is something that you're thinking about. Oh, a good example of anxiety. I think I gave you this example, but it's worth repeating again. Because I brought it up last week. Anxiety is the week of before Christmas. I had broken a tooth right here that you could see. And I had to be referred. I just told you the story. Bear with me. Pinehurst uh, to a great doctor up there. 
And they were going to pull it here, but they said, no, this guy up here can do it. And he deals with that. In fact, if there's any type of bone replacement that needs to take place, he can do it. So all that week, and I was halfway there when I was, uh, Caitlin and Tyler's one day with the baby, we, we were there. The day that I was going to have to go, I'm talking about that we were in the 20-something part of December. Folks, all that week and that day, it reached a whole new level. And I preached about it because I talked to you how that doctor talked me off the edge of the cliff before he touched me. Y'all remember that? But up until that time, man, I had redefined anxiety. I mean, I took it to a new level because I was anticipating, I was dreading an event that was about to take place. So does everybody kind of understand what I'm talking about? The reason you were at this church service today, of all 52 Sundays in a year, the reason you are sitting in here right now is because God wants to prepare you right now, hallelujah, to know that you should not fear what he is about to do in your life through your life, with your life, and around you in life. Now, everybody else in a little while is going to get it like Wanda did. And I'm, ta I'm, I'm telling you that you have to understand and you got to receive the Word of God today because you are automatically going to shut God down with what I'm going to tell you. You've already given yourself, you've given God, you've allowed other people to give you reasons why you are pretty much finished and this is the it for you. You're waiting on the bus. You may not verbally say that, but you know what? Your body language speaks volumes when it comes to the spirit world. So I want you to make sure that you understand for the third time today, I am talking to you. Talking to you. To you. On behalf of Jehovah God. I'm not quite sure how many times in the Bible, and I'm going to share 19 or 20 with you quick, but there is multiple times in the Old Testament and the New Testament when God was about to do something great in somebody's life, with somebody's life, in the world around somebody's life, he had to begin before he did the work. He performed the act. He opened up the doors. He had to prep that person by saying two words. Fear not. Because what we do a lot of times, things God tells us in many cases are so big that we mask our fear with unbelief. And Jesus addressed that, oh my goodness, throughout the entire New Testament. But folks, you don't know 
what there is still left to do that God has left you on the earth to do, and it's going to be greater than what you've done, what you've been a part of that has been done, and he sent you to Multitudes Church today to not warn you, but to prep and prepare you for that. So, this is not about being anxious or in fact, we're told not to be anxious for anything, but do what? Pray about everything. So, I'm trying to tell you today the best thing for you to do, the best attitude for you to have today, not one of fear, but one of prayer. I'm just going to give you scripture and show you where God's pointing the gun. But you got to get your hand on the trigger, though, okay? I know a lot of people would just probably eat me alive for using that, and I don't care. Look, there's bullets about to fly in the spirit world through the power of the Holy Ghost. You need to know that today. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're praying. That's why we are shutting the devil down when it comes to fear slash unbelief that God's not going to do it. We don't have enough people for God to do it. We don't have enough talent for God to do it. I'm not capable of doing it. I'm not able to do it. We're shutting that down. Amen, church. That's fear that God is too big, I can't do it, it's too much. Because all I would have to do was change this whole, this whole dialogue to saying, you know what, God wants to bless you with $10 billion so you can do something great for the kingdom. For the kingdom would go in one ear and out the door and that carnal mind would go to work. It would. You wouldn't be afraid if I told you that or God was to tell you that. But if I was to say, hey, God is about to do a great work in your life and he's going to, fear not, but he's going to do it by you selling everything that you own. By the way, if you want to hear real-life stories of that being done. Robert Morris is probably my favorite example of that because he's done it like two or three times, and God has just done phenomenal things in his life. I'm not here to talk about him, but I'm just here to prepare everybody before we start in this, this sequence that the Lord has here. So we're going to look at least, like I said, 19 or 20 times, and I want everybody to listen. I don't care how old you are or how old you are not, or how able you are, or able you are not. So to Abram, or Abraham, concerning a nation, the Lord said, before he told him about the sands of the sea, the stars of the heaven, first thing he said is, fear not. Genesis 15, 1, he said, fear not, Abram, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Well, you don't have these scriptures, I need you just to listen today. You can go back and get them later if you want to. Then to Hagar, when she thought that she and her child was going to die before the Lord blessed, made a way, and still kept his word and made many nations out of her son, first thing he said was, fear not. Then to Isaac, when he had dug three wells, and the third one was where he was going to land and is going to build uh, a place for God, and that he was going to be blessed, and he was going to multiply him. He was going to bless everything he had, and he was going to multiply everything. 
But before he did that, a lot of us would say, okay, God, go ahead and do it. But the Lord says, no, fear not. Because we are not in a place usually in our walk where God can do even larger than life things. And so God has to tell us, fear not, man. Fear not. Get ready. You haven't gone this way before, and it's really not about you. You know, we just watched that movie the other night about Abraham and Isaac, and it really wasn't about Abraham and Isaac the whole time, but it was about all of those other nations that would be born for the glory of God. So what I'm talking to you about today is going to involve you folks. It's going to involve and include our church, but it's not about you really. It's not about me or us. This is what God is doing. Over in Genesis 46, he told Jacob, Israel, promising to make him a great nation, as I said. He said, fear not. He told Joshua when he promised to give him the king, the city, the land, the people. Before he released that to him, he had to tell him those two words. I'm going to give all of that to you, but fear not. He told him, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a big victory. There's going to be a lot of glory that's going to come to my name, but you need to not fear. Don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. I just need you to facilitate it. I'm going to do it, God says. I just need you to facilitate it. Then over in Exodus, he told Moses, and then he told Moses to tell the people that God was about to prove himself to them. But before he told them that, he said, fear not. When he was going to bring restoration to Israel and bring all the nations back together before giving that promise and making that known, he had to start off by saying, fear not. Then over in Daniel chapter 10 and Daniel uh, 12 and verse 19, he told Daniel that when you first set out to pray, I heard you. And before he allowed Daniel to interpret dreams and tell him the things that would happen concerning the king and then the nations and then even days we have not seen yet concerning uh, end times and all that, before revealing all of this to him that you are even reading about and witnessing in the, the making right now, he told him to fear not. And then in Zechariah chapter 8, when Israel or, or Judah and Israel were being informed about they were about to be a blessing before telling all the people, the tribes, that you're going to actually not be a curse or be a dread, you're going to be a blessing. Before that happened, guess what two words? Don't be scared of it. Don't run from it. Don't underestimate it or me doing that. Don't worry about details. Don't fear because it seems larger than you. It is larger than us every single time, church. <laughs> That's why the Lord has to tell us. If you can get over that, that fear not, worrying, calculating, counting, and trying to evaluate the current situation, if you can just get all of that out of the way, 
fear unbelief. You can then, I love this, stand still and see the salvation of God. And then in Matthew 120, <coughs> excuse me, there was a young lady. Now, I said, all ages are on the table. Teenage girl by the name of Mary. Anybody ever heard her name before? She wasn't just any person. She wasn't just any teenager. She would actually be the one and only teenager in the history that would ever be told that you are going to bear a son. He's not just any son, but he's going to save the people from their sin. He's actually going to be conceived by the Holy Ghost just using your body. He's going to be great, the Son of God. But you know what, church? When she was first approached by the angel, the first two words she was told, before hearing the best news you will ever hear in your whole life, Mary, fear not. Don't say I'm a poor girl. Don't say that I'm unpopular because I've kept a high standard taking care of my body. I've been in the Word of God. I've been faithful to my family. I've been faithful to my God. Don't entertain anything except for the fact that God's preparing you to do something great inside of you. And I'm going to tell everybody why in a minute, okay? He just said, Mary, I got to tell you something. I'm paraphrasing for the angel, for God. I got to tell you something wonderful. But before I tell you that, I've got to get you ready for that. Fear not. Over in Luke's gospel, the first chapter, chapter 30, guess what he did? The same thing with a man by the name of Joseph. Anybody ever heard of Joseph? Joseph, she's going to be born. It's not going to be from your body. But Joseph, I am going to allow you to be, hallelujah, the role model, the first man in this baby's life to raise him, to take care of him for me. But before the angel told him all of that, he had to tell him two words, fear not. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost in this pulpit. I do, hallelujah. Then over in chapter 1, verse 13, when he was announcing to Zacharias, old man Zacharias and Elizabeth. Zacharias, listen, there's going to be a forerunner of my son Jesus Christ born to you and your wife. Now, you got to enjoy this because both of them were way old, too old like Abraham and Sarah to have children. And that's why, especially in this situation, God said, I'm about to unload something big on y'all because I'm telling you, just nature itself says, uh-uh, nuh-uh. And that's why God had to tell them so they wouldn't have a heart attack and die and give up the ghost. He said, Zacharias, fear not. For behold, is anybody hearing what the Spirit is saying in this church yet? I ain't even through it 19 times, but I want you to understand 
Your name today is Zacharias. Your name is Mary. Your name is Joseph. Your name is Daniel. Your name is Abraham. Your name is Joshua. Your name is Moses today, you see. And then before he would heal, Jesus would heal Jairus' daughter. After, might I add, they had been laughed at by the people who already said, oh, there's no room for miracles. Death has already knocked on the door and taken care of this situation. You need to fear not when God says, but there's a miracle about to take place, and I just need you to fear not. See, we do too much calculating. I got to preach for a minute. Just, I'm sorry. We do too much evaluating, church. We evaluate God himself based on the last 20 years of a prayer life, we call it. And we, we determine whether or not we're going to believe or fear in a new miracle. And so because there's equal attack on Christian TV and pulpit <coughs> and people with spineless theology and doctrine that tries to take away everything from the power of God to the manifestations of God. And so we don't believe Jesus when he said, I'm going away. But greater things than these you are going to do. Why do we forget that? Can I just ask everybody that? Why do we not accept that? Like we accept healing and being a way maker and working on people and taking care of things. Why don't we believe the Lord Jesus when it comes to that? Greater things than these you shall do. Now, I don't want a hand to be raised. I want you to inwardly process this right now. We know that demonic activity is as high as it's ever been since the world was created right now. I could read, and I started to read, Just this is just one thing. I could read to you right now. In fact, I think I can do it. I will. Of sick things. I've told you about California um, and how they are trying to legalize sodomy is just a quick way to get to where I'm and uh, being able to legally molest a 3-year-old, 12-year-old, 16-year-old, whatever. Now, it's in the school systems where they are trying to teach children in, listen, if you need proof, if you need proof, and I'm telling you this, not that I'm above it, but I wouldn't bring it to the pulpit unless I, unless I know what I'm talking I'll just rebuke and say, no, I am not, going, I am not entertaining that. But they're teaching children. They're, they're, now, I'm not saying you're going to find it going on right here, but I'm telling you that spirit is in this country right now is what I'm. you got to get your mind off of Scotland County, and I'm talking about the world, the spirit world we live in, which is controlling everything, teaching children how to masturbate, encouraging them to experience uh, uh, 
sex as young as three, four, six years old. You think I'm lying to you, don't you? Yes, you do. You think I'm just trying to get your attention. I'm not trying to do that today. I don't need that. You do what you want to with it. It's off of me. Blood's off my hands. It's on to anybody listening now, later, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you that you are living in a world where the devil ain't playing around. He's not afraid to do anything to the children of God the people of God, the church of God, because he knows at best he's not going to run into any resistance. And God has left the remnant here on the planet to do something about it that sees through everything that's going on, that knows that there is a power greater than his own, and we can discern the day and the hour we're living in, and we are here to not fear but to stand in the gap and finish the race that Jesus left us here to do. And you will underestimate God. You'll look in this church today and say there's more empty chairs than field chairs. And I don't care who's listening, streaming, don't care. I'm beyond the carnal thinking of the church or people that say they're Christians. I'm way beyond that. And it's probably God working in this way to show you later what he's going to do, starting right now. So, Jairus' daughter. Dead, they're laughed at. Well, we better go. People don't believe us, and we don't want them to post negative things on Facebook about us being religious and being hypocrite and being fanatics and foolish. So let's pack our toys and go home. No, he didn't. He said, get everybody out of the room. Leave. Everybody leave. Peter, James, John, mom and daddy, come on. That's another whole sermon, by the way. Here's just the highlights of that. Sometimes your circle can't accommodate a miracle of God. I'm not saying you're better and I'm better, this church is better, that church is better than anybody else. But I'm telling you, there are levels in walks. That's why Paul said some are on milk, but some are on meat. Some are young in the faith. Some are old in the faith. You can be a Christian for 60 years but still be on milk. I found that out too in my pastor uh, life. You sure can. Because I think the longer you've known the Lord and you've enjoyed the grace of God, the more you are doing for God because he's been that good to you and you've enjoyed his presence in your life. But that's just the way I see the scriptures you see. But that's also the way the scriptures read. So see, I want you to understand, not everybody, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter in. Not everybody that says, oh, we want this, we want this, we want this. You can look all, you can talk about TV preachers and churches and other churches and movements. You can talk about all these things all day long. I made a statement Thursday at prayer that I've said, and I'm going to say again, and we're getting close to through here. And that is that whether we like it or not, I don't personally know of a church that looks exactly like the New Testament church. Nobody, like, applauds when I say that at prayer, by the way. I said, you can name me mega churches, You can name me dynamic ministries. Or you can name me wealthy ministries and all that. But no, I am not talking about that. I'm talking about places and churches where the power of God is 
There's no denying it. That's what I'm talking about. Because I believe he's the same God today as he was back then. Jairus' daughter, I, I, I believe that. And I believe he's going to be that way next week too. I believe that. He told his disciples before giving them the kingdom, and this is how I'm going to close. We're just going to be a few minutes here because we, we're, we'll make a shift here. He told his disciples this. He said, fear not. This is Luke chapter 12. This is the only scripture you'll have today among all the one, but the one that's on the screen. He said, fear not. And by, Go back and read chapter 12. There were countless, innumerable crowds of people around him, but he told his disciples in the middle of that Huge number of people, he said. Say that. Will you say, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom is a rule of authority. That's what the kingdom is. That's what the king. The kingdom is a rule and authority. That's why when Jesus sent them out two by twos, he said, behold, y'all know this, don't you? He said, I give you what? Power over. That's what kingdom is. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I give you the authority. I give you the power over. Unclean spirits, you know, devils and scorpions and all these things he told them and they went out and, you know, they came back and said, hey, even the demons are subject to us. Jesus said, don't be mesmerized by that, but be mindful and thankful and grateful that your names are written in glory. So he said, before giving them the kingdom, he said, fear not, fear not. You see, because we don't like to talk about things like demonic oppression, about you, not me, you, church, going, laying your hands on somebody said, and you know, that's a spirit of infirmity because the Spirit of the Lord told you that. You didn't diagnose them, the Spirit did. And you said, in the name of Jesus, you've got to leave right now. Laying your hands on your house, laying your hands on your vehicle, Laying your hands on a child or a spouse's room. Laying your hands on a break room at work. Laying your hands on an aisle. And, and saying, in the name of Jesus, it's not your authority, it's the authority of God just working through you. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the authority. Why did Jesus include as part of the Lord's prayer, thy what? You know what? Thy what come? Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Because if you've got kingdom authority, if you've got kingdom power, what you do on this earth, what you bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just the same way it's carried out in heaven. There's no fooling around in heaven. That's why the Lord says, I want to give this to you, disciples. 
little flock. But you can't fear. You can't be scared. You can't say, I wasn't raised that way. I don't know a lot about the Bible. You just don't have to fear. If you will let me do it, I'll take care of everything. The demons, the debt, the depression, the bound person, the sick person, the dead person. I just need you to fear not and let me do it through you. That's what he said. And you know, I wondered, <clears throat> I got a stack, I oh mean, I got 2,000 plus of those books that I had written back in 2016. <laughs> and that, you know, it's painful for me to talk about it at times. The Lord showed me something this week. That whole book is about this right here. We're living in the last moments. Whatever God's put in your heart to do, you don't need to fear. Let God, it was called the vision thing, but it's, it, it's whatever God has shown you. It might be a new ministry. It might be something out here at work or at home or something on the Internet. I don't know. It might be calling you to an area that you're completely unfamiliar with, but God's going to give you favor, and he's going to give you He's going to give you blessing. He's going to give you the king. He's going to give you the city. He's going to give you the people. He's going to give you the land. And all he wants you to do is just don't fear. Let him, the thing that he's planted in you, he's birthed in you, a vision thing or an idea or whatever it is, a dream he showed you that can still be done. It may be small, but it may be bigger than all of Scotland County or North Carolina. Just don't fear and let God do it because we don't have any time left that's what it's all about so church I want you to I want you to to watch before we pray because this is what we've got to do we've got to understand and wait a minute somebody just asked me Caitlin or somebody did I don't know where was it when I wrecked in Rockingham and about died, I said, Prison Camp Road, 1984. I should have died then. I should have died when I jumped off the, the bridge in Catawba, Catawba County in the river. It should have broke my neck. It was a six or 80-foot jump, and I did it like an idiot. I told you all that a long time ago. There's many, many times I don't know about. I should have died, but God left me here to do greater things, to do greater things with you. So, you know, we've ran into some bumpy roads because of uh, the past month or two, and I don't mind saying this. I, I, man, I am so over everything but what God says in the world. And I know people listening in other parts of the state and country or, or whatever, other, other, uh, other ministries maybe I went to school with. I, I don't care about all that. And so... We were thinking about, well, maybe we need to, the bank just decided to do two mortgage payments in one month along with everything else. We weren't ready for it. We'd have been ready for it if it had done it when they said they was going to do it, but because the way their calendar fell, it didn't fall with our calendar. And it, it, it was a train wreck almost. I can't believe you're saying that. Well, you need to believe it, Okay. Let me help you out. You need to believe I'm saying this because I'm saying it, and if you don't believe I'm saying it, watch it later on and rewind it a hundred times, and then you can believe I said this. But I knew God was in all this. First thing that went in my mind 
Maybe we need to sell this. Maybe we need to sell that. We don't, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. And then the Holy Ghost said, what? You, you, and I'm going to start with this. You need the LOL equipment now more than you ever did in 2011. We're putting out all these chairs for the night of worship. Putting them out, God said, you ain't putting them chairs back up. You need to leave them out. He did that at John's Road, and I remember what happened weeks after that. Build them up quick. You see, there are lost and dying people that are going to be left here during the tribulation. And I'm going over just a minute or two, but it's fine. This is not just a preaching sermon. This is a preparation sermon. So you can't come in and get your stamp and go. This, this is real deal today. This is real stuff we're talking about because it's you that God wants you in this church. All these things started coming through my mind. I started entertaining, and then that, that fear not, that fear not. But you know what? This is what God showed me. This is where this whole message come from. For every fear not that the devil will put in your life right there, every fear not that he puts right there, God's already put a fear not right here. Every fear not that the enemy tries to put inside of you, God will say, well, I'll show you something because I've already said they're going to do greater things than these. So don't worry about that fear not. God a long time ago beat it through the words of his own son. Fear not, fear not, fear not. All the way to Revelation from Genesis. Read it today. Go search it yourself. Genesis to Revelation. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray and then I want you to receive for your benefit what God's about to do through what you're going to see in here. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a mighty God. I thank you that you are a holy God. I thank you, Lord, that there is none like you, that you didn't put us in stands and in bleachers to watch angels play and kick the devil all over the field. But you chose us, Lord, at a time like this with every reason in the world not to do something. You left us here. And you've already told us the attitude to have. You told us not to fear, Lord. So I'm asking you, Lord, today that you would do a mighty work through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let every person that's heard this today receive it in the name of Jesus. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you 
and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.